0: Welcome in the house of the Lord. This is the place to be. Amen. I am going to talk to you today about the Good Shepherd. This is Jesus' words. He says in John chapter 10, I am the Good Shepherd. We all know what a shepherd is. I want to take you to one of the most known Psalms in the Bible. It is Psalm 23. And if we look at Psalm 23 this morning as I'm going to read it to you, So we want to look at the shepherd through the eyes of the sheep. And when he talks about sheep, he talks about you and me. This is not this little animals walking and just grazing away and there. It's not those little animals. He's talking about you and me. It's a metaphor. And this is how the sheep, in this case, a sheep by the name of David, saw the shepherd. So let's listen to his words. He says in Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, he proclaims this out. This shepherd boy, who is himself a shepherd of the sheep, looking up in heaven, as he penned these words down, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There ain't any want I will have if I have the Lord as my shepherd. He makes me to lie down. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know that the great shepherd knows where the green pastures are? Whilst you are fronting running around trying to find these green pastures, translation to make a life for yourself, Yes, we have to do the necessary things, but this shepherd knows where the green pastures are, and he leadeth you to those pastures. This is what this young boy says. And he says he makes you to lie down in those green pastures. Our shepherd looks after us. He cares for us. He leads me. He leads me beside... uh, Still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Think for yourself in seeing this young man saying these words beyond his ears. Yea, though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And no doubt in my mind that many a times David came across facing death itself. And facing that death, he's got in his mind the great shepherd. That's why he pens down these words, says, "Yea, though I walk through that valley of the shadow of that death. You know what it brings upon man? It brings fear upon people. The death brings fear. But he says, I ain't going to fear. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. He says, I will fear no evil. And we are living in an evil generation right now. We are living in the darkest time this world has ever seen. As you and I are sitting here this morning, the powers of darkness is gaining so much momentum. It is coming so much over you and me and our families. And in the midst of all of this darkness, this young boy says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil why will i not fear evil because my lord is my shepherd and i shall not want you know that they say that when all of these things is going to come people are going to die from hunger i don't fear that because my shepherd knows the green pastures and my shepherd knows how to look after his sheep This is the shepherd I'm worshipping this morning. This is the shepherd that this young man is writing about. This is the shepherd that I want to talk to you about today. This is the shepherd who's got your, your life in his hands. This is the shepherd who cares for you. When you are sitting in that place of despair, he's the one who comes to you and he says, he says, that is my shepherd. Take comfort in that this morning. He says, for you are with me. How wonderful is it to know that he's with me? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, there's two things. And and, and I, I want to get on to where I study, but this psalm is so wonderful. He's got a rod and he's got a staff. It's the same thing. The rod and a staff. The rod sometimes to punish us and the staff to direct. You see, he is... The great shepherd. And this is what David talks about here. This young shepherd boy. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The world is against you as a child of God. The enemies is against you as a child of God. They are closing in like a pack of wolves, like a pack of dogs. But you know what he says so beautifully? He says that you prepare a table before me, before me. He goes before you and me and he prepares this for us. How wonderful and how truthful is our Savior. He says in the presence of my enemies. You see that? In their presence, they will stand amazed about how He prepares the table for you in their presence. And then He says, you anoint my head with oil. How wonderful is the anointing of our God. He anoints our head with oil. My cup runs over. Oh, when you see a child of God in the middle of a troublesome time and his cup runneth over with joy and they sing joy, joy, joy. It is to serve and follow Jesus. Joy, joy, joy. How wonderful to save or or to worship this Lord who is our shepherd. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. How wonderful if he leads the stable before you, if he goes before you, behind you, if you look over your shoulder behind you, it won't happen to you what happened to Lot's wife. No, no, when you look behind you as a child of God, you see goodness and you see mercy. I can testify about that. When I look behind me, like Abram looked behind him, like Jacob looked behind him, like Isaac looked behind him, like Abram looked behind him, like David looked behind him, you know what they see? They see the goodness of our God. Why? Because He is the shepherd of the sheep. How marvelous to have this wonderful Savior, the shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, even when I turn 72 years old. Doesn't matter. He will follow me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Take anything you want to take. Take even my bed. But I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can you, can you just in your heart be thankful and grateful for the great shepherd? You see, this is through the eyes of the sheep. This is how we should see the Savior. This is how David saw the Savior. This is when you talk to other people, say, I follow a shepherd. Let me tell you about that shepherd. He leadeth me. In him is fullness of grace, of mercy, compassion. Another Psalm says that his loving kindness is better than life. His loving kindness is better than life. And now as we continue in our study and we come to John chapter 10 this morning, you see what he says? The shepherd now, this shepherd that that David was talking about, he says in John chapter 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Who says those words? Jesus Christ. You know why John wrote this gospel? He wrote this gospel. If you look in John chapter 20, verse 30, he says the many things Jesus did, which is not written in this book. But these things are written in the book. Why? So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Why should you know that? Because by believing this, listen to this, you have eternal life. Eternal life. You see what he does? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You and I are still walking through the wilderness, but there is a pasture awaiting us. Where is that? Everlasting life with Him. Please, my friend, this morning, do not miss that pasture. Do not miss that pasture with a sinful life. Come to Him. Come to the shepherd while He's still to be found. He makes you to lie down in that pasture. This is why this gospel is written. Now the shepherd comes to the fore and he speaks. Isn't it wonderful how the New Testament completes the Old Testament? Here in the Old we hear the sheep speaking. The shepherd boy talking about his great shepherd. And here in the New Testament forward steps Jesus Christ and he says, I am the good shepherd. I am that shepherd. Now he's saying these words on the back of the miracle of making that blind man... See who was blind from birth. That's when he makes the statement. And it begs to ask the question, why did he? Why did he make this statement? Well, if you go back to John chapter 9, verse 34, we find that instead of being grateful and, and glad for a miracle that took place, instead of bringing this man who was blind up and giving him a mic and say testify about the greatness of God, instead of doing that, what did they do? These Pharisees. These so-called shepherds. What did they do? In John chapter 9, verse 34, it says, And they answered and said to him, You were completely born in sin. Talking to this blind man who became who started to see. You see, you were born in sin. That was why you were blind from birth. And are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Is that what a shepherd do? We just read out of the sheep's eyes that they say that he lie, make me lie down in pastor's green. Did they now put him in a pasture green? No, they kicked him out. They casted him out. And they were supposed to be the shepherds. And then we saw in verse 35, John 9, 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he had found him. You see, this is some of the signs of a shepherd. He goes and finds the sheep. He comes to this man who was cast out, and he found him, he says. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? The purpose why the gospel is written. He asked him that exactly same question. Do you believe in the Son of God? You know what the sheep says? He answered and said, Who is he? There are so many people out there, sheep, who's asking this question. Lord, that I may believe in Him. And Jesus said to him, you have both seen Him, and it is He who is talking with you. And He said, Lord, I believe, and He worshipped Him. What a wonderful testimony. I want to suggest to you that this to me is actually the miracle. Not Him getting sight. He got sight in the physical, but here we see our blind man spiritually started to see. You see, he could have been healed in the physical, but turned blind again. But here is the miracle. I don't look at the miracle physically, I look at what happened here. This suggests to me that he was born again, he was saved. This suggests to me, because he says, Do you believe that he's the Son of God? And he said, so I do. Jesus now assumes the role of the shepherd of the sheep. He stands up in front of them. And there's four illustrations, four figures in this chapter in chapter 10, that shows him now to be that shepherd. Let's read from John chapter 10, verse one. He says, "Verily, verily, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking now." To these, remember, he's now talking to these Jews, the Pharisees. They're all standing around, and this man is here. He just told him that, because we're going to see that interaction. And now he talks. He's got the authority seat. He speaks now. He says, verily, verily, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Can you see Psalm 4, 23 in there? He leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Let me give you the picture here. Back in the day, in Israel, the shepherds will bring their sheep by night. If they don't spend time or spend overnight in the fields, they will come into the city, and the shepherds will bring all their sheep into a hold, a fold, a big fenced fold, and they will all put their sheep into the same fold all of them. There might be 10, 15 shepherds there with each one 40 sheep and so on. So it's a lot of sheep going in. And then there is a doorkeeper. They will close the gate at night and the doorkeeper keeps watch overnight over the sheep, not the shepherd, because they now in the city and the shepherd will go to an inn and he will spend the night. He will refresh. And this is the picture which you need to see right now. The next day, the next morning, the shepherd will come down and the doorkeeper will open up the door and the shepherd will shout out. And you know what is so wonderful? His sheep will hear the voice of the shepherd. They didn't go like in our days, class them or put blue and yellow and pink on their sheep, color them. No, no. He will just shout for them. He will whistle to them. But in this case, he says they hear his voice. Oi, sheep, Oi, sheep! Now, I, I reckon there must be South African sheep in there, because if I was there, they would have listened to the accent. Or, or maybe Aussie accent, I don't know. But these were all in Israel. So, they will then, the sheep will hear that voice, and they will start walking towards the gate. The other sheep will still stay in there, and he will walk out, and the sheep will follow him. The next shepherd comes in, and he calls. I don't know, maybe in Spanish. Oi, oi, or, or that it doesn't matter. But he, here comes the sheep, and he will walk off. It's on the back of this that Jesus says these words. He says that it is like that. The true shepherd will come forward and the sheep will follow him. You see, the first figure he's putting up here for us is the true shepherd and the false shepherds. Guess what? If somebody walks in there and he shouts for the sheep who didn't have sheep, will they come out? No, because they didn't know the voice. So there's three marks of a true shepherd in that passage. First of all, we see in, verse, in that verse there, he says, He who does not enter the sheep by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber, but he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's the first mark of a true shepherd. What? They come through the door. No, I didn't see you come through funny ways into this place this morning. Yeah, coming through the roof. There's no place to actually come. You can come through the garage. But eventually you have to come through this door. You see the true shepherd comes through the door. All the other shepherds would come through other ways into the fold. So what determines that Jesus Christ is the true shepherd? Well, there are so many prophecies in the Bible that confirms that, that He is the true shepherd who came through the door. We know that the prophets prophesied that He would come. Have you read those prophecies? The whole Old Testament is full of them. It prophesied where He would be born in Bethlehem. Whom He would be born to. He would be born to a virgin. He was born to a virgin. What His name will be even. You know in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, He says His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. All of those. It was prophesied about the one to come. How He will be born in a manger. What He will do and what He will say. It was even prophesied that he will be circumcised on the eighth day. There are so many prophecies that tells us that Jesus Christ is the true shepherd and he came through the door. But I want you to notice another thing. That's a mark, a true mark of a shepherd. He comes through the door. But a false shepherd, no, no. They come by any other way. And they are themed to be thieves and robbers. You know what a thief does? He steals from you while you sit in church. (laughs) When you are not there, you don't even know when a thief steals from you. That's what a thief does. Sneaky. They suss you out and then they steal. But a robber is somebody different. Why? A robber steals from you while you are there. He comes up to you and you're aware that he's doing it. They hold you up and say, Come on, give me your money. That's a robber, isn't it? You know about it. You can see him. They take it brazenly off you. Let me suggest to you, dear friends, that as we have a true shepherd today, there are so many false shepherds in the world today. And they are stealing from people, and they are robbing people so brazenly, so openly. They say, if you want to be part of this church, you need to give us $1,000 every month, otherwise God's not going to bless you. That is the sound of a false teacher. That is the sound of a false shepherd. They say, oh, God only talks through me. And when God talks through me, you can't say that I'm lying because God told me that. And I'm telling you that you belong to me and you need to do what I say. That's the sound of a false teacher. That's the sound of a false shepherd. You see, and they always not come through the door. I've seen this over the years. I've seen people in a church, they come in and they start talking to the sheep there on the back and they go, have I got a personal word for you, John? Don't listen to what the Bible's been preached today, but God told me to tell you. Watch out. That's the noise of a false shepherd. They don't come through the door. They come through their own credentials. They build their own fantasies and they chew people up with all of that rubbish which is inside. And in the end, it spits out fear, 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 fear. Look at all of these main false religions. It's built on the same principle. False shepherds. The true mark of a shepherd is he comes through the door, not as the thief, not as the robber, and we worship and praise that shepherd. The second mark is look at this. He says, to him the doorkeeper opens. That's the second mark of a true shepherd. Why? Because the doorkeeper identifies the shepherd. Now, did you know that we had a doorkeeper for Jesus Christ? His name is John the Baptist. You remember that he said, in John chapter 1 verse 23, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. This is John's words. Make straight the way of the Lord, and said, uh, as said by the prophet Isaiah, He is the doorkeeper. He identified the true shepherd. John one verse twenty nine. The next day John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. So the doorkeeper opens the door to the shepherd. And what is one of the things you need to do to open the door as a doorkeeper? You need to identify the shepherd. And here it happened. He saw the shepherd and he identified him. He says, Behold the Lamb of God, who was the true shepherd. The third mark of a true shepherd is in this part. He says, And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That's the true mark of a shepherd. Now there are four characteristics of this mark. What are they? First of all, we see that he calls his own sheep by name. How wonderful is this? You know, I want to spend some time on this one. You remember when he walked past and he saw all of his disciples? He called them by name. He went to Matthew the tax collector. And what did he do with Matthew? He called him by name. He did change his name, but he called him by name. What about Peter? Peter called by name. Everybody in the New Testament, you can go through that. That is one of the characteristics of this. That the shepherd, the figure of this true shepherd, he knows his sheep. And you know what comfort I take out of that? I know that he knows my name. And you know what comfort you should take? He knows you by name. You see, he's not into the crowd business. <clears throat> I find it amazing these days that you have these people who's in the crowd business. How big can we grow this crowd? And we have these big outreaches. Look, it's fine. I'm not going against crowd, big outreaches. But they stand up there and say, if you want to commit and thousands walk out, praise the Lord. But you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for that individual touch of our Lord with each one of those. He calls them by name. That is one of the characteristics of this true shepherd or this mark. Secondly, He leads them out. He goes before them. It's not one of those those fearful shepherds who goes, I'm going to look around the bush if there's a bear and I'm going to push the sheep out. Man, he can kill two or three sheep, then I know. He's not like that. No, no. He goes before and he leads them out. Out of the fold. And then thirdly, he brings out his own sheep and he goes before them. The fact of the matter is this one here, when he says he leads them out, the the words that's used there is exactly the same words that's used when they casted the blind man out, excommunicated him. So what does he do? He leads you out of the world into His marvelous presence. That is the picture of that leads out. And then He goes before them. You see, He wouldn't let you do anything that He didn't do Himself. Hebrews says that He came and He lived amongst us and experienced like us this world. He is our high priest. Fulfly the sheep follow Him for they know His voice. Do you know the voice of the Father? Do you this morning know the voice of the shepherd? Do you know that it is critically important that you know that voice? Imagine there's a false shepherd coming to the gatekeeper. And somehow he gets past that gatekeeper. Imagine that this morning. He studied the the shepherd. He spent time with the shepherd not to learn from him, but to to copy him, to be a copycat. And then he listens to him when he says, Hey, my sheep, come out. And he practises, Hey, my sheep, come out. That's too deep. Hey, my sheep, come out. Hey, my sheep. That's dry. Hey, my sheep, come out. Hey, my sheep, come out. I've got it. And now, somehow he gets past the doorkeeper and he calls the sheep out. Hey, my sheep, it come out. You know that the Bible says that there will be wolves or in sheep, uh, in sheep clothing. They look like the real thing, but they're not. And here it is. He calls them out. And they think, oh, that that sounds like the master. And they come out and they follow him. And you know what he do? He leads them into a den of, of animals to kill them and scatter them. That is why it's so critically important this morning to know the voice of the shepherd. Where do you learn the voice of the shepherd? By his word. By his word. If you get somebody who's got a big orchestra, and he trains them. His ear is fine-tuned to every single instrument in that band. And when they start playing, all of those imp- instruments make a nice melody. You know what that, that trainer will do? The conductor, when he sits there and one of the instruments is off, you know what he does? He doesn't walk over there and slap the guy behind the ear. No, no, no. He stops the whole band. Then he addresses that. He fine-tunes that, and then he starts the band. You see, dear friends, we need to listen when that sound is off. We need to listen to the Master's voice and identify that voice. There are many false teachers in the world today. So that's the first figure. Then he changes it a bit. The second figure is from verse 6. Let's read it. John 10 verse 6. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand. Now let me ask you this morning, did you understand what I just preached up until now? And it amazes me that here is these Pharisees who had Psalm 23, like you and me. They had this knowledge, this head knowledge of the shepherd. And he tells them, he says, I am the shepherd. But they didn't understand that. Why? Why? Because they were blinded and blurred with their own things, with their own agenda. And here he says, but they did not understand it and the things which he spoke to them. And then Jesus said to them again, he says, verily, verily I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have life more abundantly. Now let me just say, this verse here, verse 10, is one of the verses so misused by the prosperity gospel preachers. Because they say, I have come that you may have life, prosperity, money, money aplenty, but hey, give us a thousand dollars, then God will bless you with a hundred thousand. Many, many, and they misuse. You see, that is the sound of the false shepherds. Give us, give us, give us, and God will bless you. Let's pray over this water, and it becomes holy water, and we'll sell it to you for a buck and a half. And we make money. Hey, God is blessing us. Look, that verse came true in our life. But they are deceiving the people. And let me say it right now today. Let it be known that they will stand accountable before God as false shepherds. Go read Jeremiah chapter 31. I haven't got time to go. It's a different study. But the false shepherds be warned. God will punish you. You will bow your knees to the true shepherd and he will punish you for taking people's money. But it's not about the money. It's about the religion that sits behind it. The agenda that drives it. They love to use this verse. That they may have it more abundantly. And now you find these books coming about more abundant life. Have you heard those books? These are old titles out there. How to live a more abundant life. And they think if they can tune their voices to sound so smooth and velvetly and they can say it, oh, it just takes off. God didn't come here to punish you. They come to give you life abundantly. You know what I want to say? It's all rubbish because there is a true Savior. There is a true Shepherd. And here He says now, let me give you the picture now, As he said before, and he he showed the picture about the fold with the doorkeeper. Now he talks about when a shepherd goes out, and he's out at night, he's not going to make it back into the city. You know what the shepherds used to do? They used to build a hedge. They used to take... Uh, uh, leaves and, and and branches and they used to make uh, heads around and put thorns in between so that the wolves and and, and couldn't come through and the li- uh, you know the animals couldn't come through and you know what the shepherd would do he would go and le- lie and sleep at the gate he will become the door how wonderful picture is that and then he says He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. You know, he said it himself later later on. He He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one. He's the door. If you read this passage in John chapter 10, verse 25, he says that if you come by him, he holds you in his hand, and nobody can snatch you out of his hands. How wonderful is that? And, and then He says, by Him you come in and you go out. You see, it goes back to when the sheep spoke earlier on in Psalm 23 when He says, He makes me to lie down in pastures green. Now Jesus says, I am the door. Yet this world says there's many roads that lead to Rome. Oh, you can go to God. We all serve the same God. You can worship Buddha and you'll get there. You worship Muhammad and Allah, and you'll get there. You worship Hare Krishna, kisi kisi, kissy, ay, aye, aye and, and you'll get there. You'll worship anybody, you know, who's the real Jesus? Let Him stand up. And Jesus Himself says, I am He. And He says it here, no one comes to the Father except through Me. I am that door. And let me tell you, that door is not swiveling on hinges. It swivels on the power of God. How wonderful is that? He says, I am the door of the sheep. That's the second figure He gives them. He says, anyone who enters by Me, he will be saved. Not might be, shall be, no, no. He will be saved. But look, let me tell you this morning, you have to come to Christ. You have to come to the cross. You have to bow your knee to the cross where He died for you and for my sin. That is how you enter through this door this day. And and we have to, you can't sit here and say, I've lived a good life. I've given everything to the poor. I've done. No, no, no. You have to commit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess your sin before Him because you sinned against God. And that way you enter through the door and He keeps you. He keeps you there. What a wonderful figure this morning to know that He is the door. And then He says it. He says, Everybody who came before Me, before Me are thieves and robbers again. He puts that down. Because in His day it was so... And in our day, it is the same. I just want to say this as well. He says, and they did not, and the sheep did not hear them. That comforts me. Because all of these false noises, you know, I, I had a man once, he said, oh, we, better, we better get so more busier, 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 because, you know, there's all these false people coming in. You know what? The sheep will not hear their voice. The true sheep will not hear that voice. And you know they will not follow them. And they will come as thieves and robbers. And we need to pray for our brothers and sisters who are sitting under these yokes of thieves and robbers. Let me give you the third figure. He says, I am the good shepherd. Now look at this from verse 11. John 10:11. he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep i am the good shepherd and i know my sheep and i'm known by my own as the father knows me even so i know the father and i lay down my life for the sheep he uses this word good here did you see that I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd. This means to be intrinsically good, beautiful, and fair. The Greek word there. Now, to call Him good means to call Him God. And this is fascinating. I had a conversation last night. I went to a dinner, and there's a man there who said to me, and this is true what he said, nowhere in the Bible that Jesus say in his own words, I am God, you need to worship me, like that. He doesn't say it like that. Similar in the Quran, there's no place in the Quran that Muhammad actually writes in the Quran, Quran that I am the holy prophet, you need to, to worship me. Nowhere, if, if, if a Muslim comes up to you and they talk about this, you ask them, you say, in your Quran, show me one verse in the Quran which says, where, where Muhammad says, I am the holy prophet, worship me. So likewise, because they will tell you, Jesus no, He said, I'm the Holy God, worship me. But He said it in this way. He said it in this way. He is the Holy God and we need to worship Him. Why do I say that? Because He calls Himself good now. Yet, when we go back to Mark chapter 10 verse 17, we find now, He says it that now, as He was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before Him and asked Him, He said, good teacher. And just by saying good, not only teacher, good teacher, let's see Jesus' reaction. He says, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. How wonderful is that? Now, he says, I am the good. The same word, good, that word good. I am the good shepherd. In other words, what he's saying, which they couldn't understand, because they physically looked at this, they couldn't discern it spiritually like Paul says in the book of Corinthians, he says that I am God. I am the good shepherd. How wonderful is that? That our shepherd, the one that David spoke about in Psalm 23, is the good shepherd. You see what it is? In the face of these people standing, the false shepherds, in, in, in the same presence of this man who was made, made seeing, who was blind, he proclaimed that he is that good shepherd. And what does he do? He gives his life to the sheep. But he puts himself now not against the thieves and the robbers, he puts himself against the hireling. He says, but the hireling is he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep. This is what you find so many times in churches today, people coming in with their own agendas. And they're not interested in the sheep, they're interested in about themselves. Now, it's true, you know, we say they want to make money out of it, but there's many other things people stand behind pulpits for. It's their own agendas, to build a reputation, to be known by people who love their own voices to be heard, all of these kind of things. But you know where is going to be the, 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 the line that, that that just depart or, or split them? When the wolf comes, we will see the real shepherd. Well, death stares them in the eyes, we will see the real shepherd. The hireling is going to run. Man, you will see his shoes fly all over the place as he runs away. But the true shepherd steps up and he faces death from the front so the good shepherd is the one who gives his life to the sheep look at this there's two ministries that makes him a good shepherd one is he dies for the sheep let me ask you the question this morning did our lord jesus die for the sheep yes yes he died for you and for me that makes him good shepherd that is god dying for do you realize how privileged you and i am that in, in the book of Romans chapter 5, He says, this is the way that God demonstrated His love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ, the good shepherd, died for us. The true shepherd died for us. He's not a hireling. He's not a thief. He's not a robber. Yet, so many other sheep says, nah, nah, I don't want to follow Him. They go different ways. He calls His sheep by name. But they say, no, 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 I don't hear my name. But do you know Him? (coughs) He knows His sheep is the second of these ministries. You know that for five times in this passage, He declares that He's going to die for the sheep in this part that He says now. Look in verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. And then he goes on to say, <clears throat> in verse, verse 15, he says, <coughs> he says, as the Father knows me, even so I am the Father, and lay down his life for the sheep. Now one would think, in the old days, it was that the sheep gives up their life for the shepherd. Because sheep were seen as sacrificial animals, weren't they? And what do they do in the Old Testament? They take the sheep and they sacrifice the sheep to God. But here he flips it around. He says, No, no. It's not how your traditional way or your worship goes. The sheep is not seen here as have to sacrifice their lives. Here the shepherd is going to sacrifice himself for the sheep. We are marvelously saved by this shepherd. The last figure this morning in John chapter 10, verse 16, he says, And other sheep I have which is not of this fault. You know what this makes him? The great shepherd. He's not only the true shepherd, he's not only the door, he's not only the good shepherd who gives his life, but he's the great shepherd. And I am so glad about that. Because, dear friends, through my blood veins is no Jewish blood. I'm what you call a Gentile. Now, listen to this. He says, and other sheep, John Shipman's sheep, other sheep. I don't know, is there any Jew sitting here today? Jewish blood. John's sheep, Andre Alexander's sheep, other sheep. Oscar sheep Monica sheep look at this he says I have which are not of this fault them I also must bring and they will hear my voice praise the Lord hallelujah I must bring that sheep in I must bring them in he was talking here to Jews he was standing in front of the Jews he was standing in front of the Jewish people and he was standing in front of this man who was made see and he says wait you're not the only sheep here Get, get this right. There are other sheep, and I must bring them in to hear my voice. And you know how we hear his voice these days is through the preaching of the word of God. Nothing else. Anything else apart from this word is rubbish, it's nonsense, it's wasting your time, and it's going to end you up in the pit of hell. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's the great shepherd. Hallelujah. You see, when, when, when David talked about the Lord is my shepherd, this is what he said. That's how weight, that's how powerful, that's how heavy it is. That is what excites me. And then he says in verse 17, Therefore my father loves me, because I lay down my life and that I may take it again. You see, that's what a great shepherd does. Not only does he lay down his life, but he takes it again. He takes it up again, the great shepherd. Like I say, I'm what you call a Gentile. If he wasn't a great shepherd, I would have been lost eternally. Not only me, but you also. I would have wasted my time preaching the gospel here. But because He's the great sheep and He opened up His voice for my ears to hear that wonderful sweet voice of our Lord. He saved my soul. He set me free. He made me whole. He completed me. Because all of that, life makes so much more sense. And you know what? Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. He takes up His life. We are serving a lifeguard, not a dead one. He's not dug on the God of the Old Testament which was placed next to the ark and fell over so many times. Look, let me tell you, man's plans will fall over, but God's plans stay because He's the great shepherd, He's the good shepherd, He is the door, He's the true shepherd. He says, and they will hear my voice. The question is, is if you are listening to His voice, There's a difference between hearing and listening. Are you hearing me this morning? Yeah, of course you hear me because I'm loud. But are you listening? Are you listening? And I love this verse, and I'm going to end with this verse. In fact, there's one more verse, but let me read this to you. He says, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life and take it again. Now listen to this. No. Everybody say no. No. What does no mean? It means no, okay? He says... No one takes it from me. Jesus' life wasn't taken from him. But I lay it down myself. That's a sacrificial love. The Jews didn't kill him. The Romans didn't kill him. They just did the act. He laid down his life. He gave his life. That makes sense. It, on my mind can't understand it, but it makes sense. I have power, hallelujah, dunamis, to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. He's the great shepherd. No other shepherd under the face of the earth has got this power. I laugh in the face of Buddha. I laugh in the face of Allah. You say, oh, you're going to be struck, man. I, don't, I ain't fearing him. I fear Elohim. Elohim is not part of him. You Get where I'm going with this. I laugh in the face of Hare Krishna. You call it whatever you want to call it. They ain't got any power. Listen, don't go and sit with these ishi wishy Washi." People are sitting there with their little ball and going to tell you about the future. Got to, got to, don't, don't, don't. They've got no power. They are cursed. And they will stand before our God one day and bow their knees and confess that He's Lord, the true shepherd. He's got power, the Bible says, to lay down His life. And then he repeats it. He didn't say just, and, to take it up again. Look at this. He uses the word power twice. It's as if he wants to make a statement of power. And it is a statement of power. It carries the power of God the Father. Verse 19, therefore. Now let's see the reaction of these people. One would think that hearing these things, they would fall down and worship him more. They will do what the blind man does. And this is what we find in the world today. We get people with hardened hearts. They hear the truth, but their hearts get more hardened. It caused a big division amongst them. Verse 19, therefore there was a division again amongst the Jews because of these sayings. It really irritated them. Let me tell you, for some people, this gospel is the voice of God, which I preached this morning. For other people, it will be an irritation. It will irritate them. It will divide them. Because of these sayings. And many of them said, He has a demon. He's mad. Look at him. What is he saying? Yeah. Why do you listen to him? Isn't that what the world says? What's going on with you guys? You're mad, man. You, You honestly want to tell me you're spending your time to go to church on a Sunday to worship a God you can't see? But you see, they can't see. And that's why they are right, they can't see. You're mad, you listen to him? But others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of one blind? You find this division, but the second group still didn't get it as well. Why? Because they were just looking at the physical. Oh, we've got to listen to it, because, look at that. The signs, yes, they point towards that. I get that. But instead of saying the following words, this is truly the true shepherd, why couldn't they, like David, cry out, The Lord is my shepherd? They knew it. Come on, he was talking to Jews. They studied the old scriptures, they studied the Psalms, they knew Psalm 23. But instead of that, some says, now you've got a demon, man. Who, who listens to somebody who's got a demon? And others say, no, 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 no. No one who does it because he made this man. Why couldn't they have just done what David done and walked up and said, the Lord Jesus Christ is my shepherd. You know what I want to declare this morning in front of you all? I want to say it out loud. The Lord Jesus Christ is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me to green pastures. He makes me lay down in green pastures. This morning I present to you the true shepherd, the door, the good shepherd who lays down his life. The door protects, the true shepherd is the one who calls. And then finally, the great shepherd. This is who I'm presenting you and I'll leave you with one question for the week. Last week we had a question and this morning as we're going to close in prayer. How can you follow your shepherd more closely this week? How can you do that? I want you to go and contemplate and meditate upon this this whole week. Let this message come back to you. It's easy to remember. Easy. There's four figures that Jesus gave in your study today. I'm going to repeat it to you again with that question in mind. So you've got these four pictures with the question in mind. The true shepherd. He calls you every time. He's going to call you this week. How are you going to respond to his call? The door. How are you going to respond when he wants to protect you? Are you going to be stubborn against God? He says, if you go down that line, you're going to get hurt. Are you going to be stubborn this week? To go, no, no, Lord, I'm going to just keep one step in there. See see what happens. Or, what about the good shepherd? He laid down his life for you. What are you going to lay down this week? As Paul says, to give your lives as a living sacrifice for the shepherd. And then finally, the great shepherd. How this week are you going to follow your shepherd? That other sheep who might not hear his voice, look at you and follow your example as you follow the great shepherd four easy pictures not too difficult to remember let's pray Heavenly Father I thank you for your word this morning Father if I preach this word I want to declare this morning that I stand humbly about the power of your word and this week Lord help us Thank you, Lord, that this morning we can declare like David declared, the Lord is my shepherd. Thank you that he is our true shepherd. He's not like a thief and a robber who came through another way. Thank you this morning, Lord, that he is the door. He protects us. He keeps us safe. Open up your ears through the Holy Spirit to hear the warnings and heed them. Father, thank you this morning that he's the good shepherd, the one who laid down his life and helped me this week to identify, Lord, where where I need to live a life acceptable to him, give my body and my life as a living sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, this morning that I know he's the great shepherd who knows people's struggles they're in. And Father, help me, use me this week, Lord, to be one of his his sheep, Lord, that shines the light of this great shepherd. Father, I pray for every family here today. Thank you for your word again. We worship you. We thank you. What an honor, Lord, to have your word. And to worship you. And to be loved by you and love you. In Jesus I pray help us. Amen.